Our Old Testament reading comes from the prophecy of Isaiah. Um, We read in chapter 40 from verse 25. It's the Lord who is speaking. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, no one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God and we thank him for it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I desire that your people should wait upon you this day and receive strength from you, spiritual strength, to serve you and love you and be all that they can be for your glory and their good. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 40 in verse 31 But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. It's not been easy to decide what to preach on today um, because it's Remembrance Sunday and also because we're not in the middle of a series. That usually takes the decision out of your hands. And so I find it really difficult to decide what to preach on, what would be helpful for you. Um, And usually that understanding comes through prayer. And it took a a few days of prayer before I came to the conclusion that I'm going to look at this passage here. Um, This verse here, uh, verse 31, those who wait upon the Lord or wait for the Lord. 15, 20 years ago, I can't really remember exactly, it's about that sort of time, I read a sermon by John Owen on this verse, and I found it really helpful. It it, it illustrated a lot of things, spiritual realities for me at that time. Now, I haven't gone back to read it, so um, this could be totally um, my own interpretation of John Owen or whatever. Um, I'm going to read it after the sermon, just in case. But um, one key truth uh, remains with me from that sermon, and... It's helped so much, and I want to share that with you. He said in the course of that sermon, spiritual strength is subject to decay. 
Spiritual strength is subject to decay. And that truth is right here in that verse. Um, And I hope to show you and I hope to encourage you through it. Now, that truth may be very obvious to some of you. Spiritual truth is strength is subject to decay. Um, And if that is the case, um, I hope you still find it helpful to think and be reminded about that today. I think it explains lots of mysteries in the Christian life. In particular, it explains why we can go from heights of blessing on a Sunday to tiredness, weediness, spiritual lethargy, and defeat on Monday. And the reason is our spiritual strength is subject to decay. No matter how much strength we receive on a Sunday, it still needs to be renewed on Monday. Spiritual strength is subject to decay. It doesn't last forever. It needs to be renewed. That's one of the reasons why I learn to pray for people after they have been baptized or professed their faith or had a particular blessing. That was a great sermon, minister. Uh, I'm going to pray for that person uh, this week. Um, uh, a particular blessing. And also, especially after we celebrate the Lord's Supper, pastors need to pray for their people because The strength they received on Sunday will be tested on Monday, often. And the bigger the blessing, the bigger the test. That's the pattern that Jesus gives to us and went through for us and so can strengthen us. He was baptized and the Spirit came down upon him and God the Father declared his his pleasure in him and then the Holy Spirit drove him out into the wilderness to be tested Spiritual strength is subject to decay. Now, we take knowledge with us into the next day, but the strength, the spiritual strength, still needs to be renewed. We need to take even more seriously the importance of that line in the Lord's Prayer when he teaches us to say, give us today our daily bread. Yesterday's loaf, spiritually speaking, will not do today. You need a new loaf or you need new food. Now, Jesus um, is talking about more than physical food there, obviously. Um, Although, let's acknowledge that there are many people in the world at this time for whom that prayer is a reality concerning their dinner or breakfast or one meal a day, and they're praying literally for bread or meal um, to get them through that day. And let's not forget them, but Jesus is speaking more than... uh, physical food here because remember he said in his temptation man does not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God so there's spiritual strength that we pray for every day give us our daily bread I mean think about it compare spiritual renewal as it were with with your meals nobody says right I'm going to eat seven days worth of food on Sunday and then fast the rest of the week Uh, That's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Likewise, spiritually speaking, our spiritual strength needs to be renewed every day. So here's the question then that I'm posing to you from this verse about waiting on the Lord. Where are you, spiritually speaking? Are you faint? Are you weary? Are you exhausted? Are you spiritually weak and in need of strength? 
then let me invite you to wait for the Lord to renew your strength. And may you know that reality of verse 29. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. He increases strength. What I want to do today is to to look at two things. I want to look at what it means to wait for the Lord and then to look at what renewal looks like as well. If spiritual strength comes through waiting for the Lord, what does waiting actually mean? Are we clear about that? Is it like waiting for exam results, for example? I'm not sure if I passed or failed. Uncertainty. Is it like waiting for um, a, a hospital appointment? You've been referred by the doctor and you're waiting for it. You know half certainly it's going to come. It's going to be a long time, but you're not sure. Have they got the referral? Um, have, they, have they put me to the bottom of the list? I'm not sure. Is it like that kind of waiting? Or is it like waiting for Mr. or Miss Wright to appear and surprise us and solve all the problems of our life, a kind of longing for this, this imaginary person with no real hope of it ever being realized? Or is it like waiting for a loved one to arrive home after being away? Dad has text, I'll be home in an hour, and the daughters are so excited because... He's coming back from the General Assembly and he always brings a present to cheer himself up and cheer them up. And so they're waiting with expectancy and they know that that's going to come. Dad's coming home. What, what kind of waiting do you think it's, it's like? The Hebrew Bible um, has four different words for wait. And they're translated basically wait um, uh, in our English translations. And each of them have a different kind of nuance or distinction but this one here is very unusual it's a picture word Um, it's also been translated um, as as hope um, in the NIV expectant hope longed for desire so it's not like the the exam result it's not like the um, Hospital appointment. It's not like an uncertain fantasy of Mr. Wright. It's, it's this picture word, and what's associated with it is a string, <laughs> literally stretching out a line. Same, same verb is used for that, to stretch out a line. And so you've got this picture of a string under tension, okay? I am waiting, and it's like holding on to the string. There's a desire. You're, you're pulling. You're not just leaving it slack as if it didn't matter, you're, you're really stretching it out, and that puts the emphasis on our longing for the, for the renewal or that which we're waiting for from the Lord. And it, it's, it's stretching out our desire for strength. Now, the string can only be stretched out and put under tension because there's, it's fixed at the end. Um, when we wait upon the Lord, not only do we earnestly desire to receive We know that what we desire will come because it's fixed. It's tied on the very end of that string. We will definitely get it, but we just haven't got it yet. There's tension on the line. There's waiting, and it's not that there's uncertainty. It's waiting with certainty. Otherwise, all you're pulling on is a piece of string, and at the end of it, what do you get? Not what you waited for, but a ball of string. This is tied to his promises. Wait for the Lord. And that's as I say, 
NIV um, interprets that for us in its translation by saying, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Um, This word is used elsewhere in Isaiah, and it's used in parallel with the word hope. Isaiah has received the word of the Lord concerning both the certainty of coming judgment and the assurance of the longed-for salvation. And he says in chapter 8, verse 17, I will wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. So you see both these things held together, waiting with hope, confident waiting. Waiting is faith, and faith looking forward to a grace that has not yet come, a future grace. Let us draw near to the throne of grace. We read that, didn't we? It's that's the idea. So our God and Father has promised to give us strength. Look at verse 29 again. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Our God and Father will give us spiritual strength. It will come to us. It may not come straight away. It may be slightly delayed, and so we wait in patient hope. Now, by way of application... I want to add two characteristics to what biblical waiting looks like. First of all, let our waiting not be passive, but active waiting. What do I mean by that? Well, it's the difference between being patient, i.e. waiting for something to come, and being a patient in a waiting room. Patients in the waiting room sit there. Maybe they chat to one another. These days they don't. Um, Obviously, it's different. But they sit there and do nothing. That's being a patient. It's different to being patient. Waiting is active, not passive. There are things that we can do and must do in order to receive strength. Read his word. Memorize the promises. Meditate upon the promises. Think through the promises. Ask questions until you come to a better understanding of his word. These are, again, basics, aren't they, for the Christian life? Don't just sit there with your arms folded saying, well, I don't know what to do. I'm waiting for strength. I'm not getting it. God says, look, if you want strength, I do it through means. Come to worship. Fellowship with one another. Um, Read my word. Meditate upon the word. That's how I give you strength. That's where the spirit comes through to you. Um, And also, might I add, be wise in your way of life. If you want to get spiritual strength, don't neglect the body. Get proper nutrition, get exercise, get enough sleep. You know, it's a spiritual virtue to be patient. Love, joy, peace, patience. And I find um, that I am more patient, not just with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but I've had a good night's sleep before. Maybe you know some of that. You know, I have more self-control when I've had plenty of exercise, plenty proper nutrition, um, uh, you know, plenty sleep. We are one being. We are souls with a body and spirit. Um, So in a spiritual life. And so everything um, is affected. If one part of us or one one area of us is is weak, then spiritually we're going to be weak if if we're physically weak. You can see that with people who are ill and sick. Um, Their spiritual life to them seems weak as well. So be wise and pay attention to those inner thoughts and feelings that weaken you. We all get them. From time to time we get them worse. 
Find a strategy to deal with those weak thoughts or these thoughts that, you know, that weaken you. Look at Psalm 40, 40, 41, um, you know, my soul, <laughs> why are you so disturbed within me? He's, he's, he's attempting to look at the thoughts in that psalm. He's giving us a pattern of how to deal with distracting thoughts. Um, share your burdens with others and learn how to bear others' burdens. That's waiting on the Lord. That's being active. Learn to be an encourager and have the humility to receive encouragement when it comes. Waiting is not sitting back and wringing your hands and saying, here I am, move me. God says be active in the things that promote strength as you wait for him and for it. And the second thing I want to say about waiting is it's not a silent thing, it's a prayerful thing. We hear the promises in his word and in return we give them back to him in prayer that's waiting so in this context we might pray like this we we say father god you have promised to give strength to the weary there's the promise lord i long to run but i'm so weary i long to walk but i'm so faint I'd love to soar on wings like eagles, but I'm stuck in the mud and my gaze is down the way in the ground because I think my way is hidden from you. Renew my life according to your word. That's waiting upon the Lord in prayer. That's just an example. Um, So while you wait upon him, wait with prayer because he loves you as we were singing. He will hold me fast. He loves you. He is for you. Jesus is saying today, this moment, hear him speaking through my lips. He is saying, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. These are activities, aren't they? And here's the promise. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If you ask him for strength, he doesn't say, sorry, you're not one of the everyone. I mean, who's missed out with that word everyone? Everyone means everyone, you included. And if you seek, you will find. That's the promise. And if you're knocking at the door for strength, Jesus is not saying, sorry, um, I'm not listening to you. That's one of those prank calls. I'm not listening, not picking up the phone here. The door will always be opened, what Jesus is saying. He's saying that to us now. If you need strength spiritually, ask, seek, and knock, and you will receive it, whoever you are, however sinful you've been, however rebellious you've been, however ignorant you've been, ask and I'll give it to you. I'll renew you. So that's what it means to wait upon or wait for the Lord. Give you some ideas. So secondly, what does spiritual renewal look like? What does it mean to be renewed in our spiritual strength? Well, I want to show you first and foremost that Isaiah is talking about spiritual strength in verse 31. How do I get that? Well, compare verse 30 and 31. There's a contrast between verse 30, which is natural strength, as it were, and spiritual strength in verse 31. There's a contrast because it's introduced 
in verse 31 with the word but. (laughs) You have, on the one hand, natural strength, but on the other hand, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And, And so there's a spiritual aspect to that. And so you've got on, in verse 30, young and youths, young men, uh, versus uh, against, verse 31, eagles. Okay, so you've got men and eagles. Now men, young men, they're naturally strong. I'm just looking around here for some young men. Some of them are sleeping, so they're not that strong. Okay, (laughs) maybe it's meditation. Okay, young men, you know them, hard as iron. Hit them in the muscles. You know, it's not flab, it's iron. Young men, they, they stand for strength. And, you know, youths, they bounce along with all this energy like they've got springs under their trainers. You know, they stand as a representation of the ideal strong people, okay? And that's what Isaiah is saying. But even these, the ideal, you know, they can go on for hours like the Energizer Bunny. They, they can run far, far longer than the rest of us and walk for days when we get tired after hours. But even in the end, they eventually will be physically weak and weary. It takes a long time, but there's, that's where they go. And he says, but on contrast, look at the eagles. Now, when he talks about eagles, we know he's moved from natural to poetic or metaphoric or a different metaphor, right? It, it, it's, uh, well, think about it. I have seen some people who unkindly might be called eagle-faced. We talk about eagle-eyed, but that's just a metaphor, isn't it? Um, nobody here in this room has ever seen a human being with real wings on their shoulders, It's a metaphor, it's a spiritual metaphor, and it's a metaphor for spiritual strength. Now, hang gliders and microlights don't count, okay? Um, In the Bible, it refers to eagles. There's four kinds of eagles in the Holy Land, and uh, some of these are big birds, seven-foot wingspans. That's really about, uh, you know... COVID distance, isn't it? It's almost two meters. Well, it's going to run about two meters. Imagine, you know, wingspan, seven feet. That's a big bird. It's a huge thing. And this one's called the three-toed eagle. So you've got two at the front and one at the back, and they're huge claws. Now, they stand for two things in the Old Testament. They represent speed. They're symbolic of speed. You think of that... That seven-foot winged beast coming down, uh, huge speed as he kind of furls the wings in. You see nothing faster than this prior to cars and jets, nothing faster than an eagle, faster even than a cheetah, down there and pounces upon, you know, the lamb, the, the rabbit, the hare, the beaver, the badger, the coney, whatever it is in the Holy Land, and off they go. It's dead instantly, swift. Um, it, it, and strength, that, that power to, to uh, kill and capture its prey. Um, Saul and Jonathan, David said, were swifter than eagles. Here's the picture, speed. And if you think of um, the heavenly creatures that appear in Ezekiel and Revelation, they have four faces, and each of those four faces represents a different kind of strength. So you have the ox, agricultural strength. You have the lion, predatory strength. 
You have the human cooperative strength, and you have the ego strength. So, strength, it's symbolic. Um, renewal is spiritual. I hope I've made that point. Maybe, it's, um, maybe it was obvious to you. I felt it. I wanted to show you it does come from the text. Spiritual strength. And of course, the New Testament picks up on that. Spiritual strength. Um, Paul, many places, I'll just pick a couple for you. Um, in Ephesians 3.16, his prayer is, I pray that out of the glorious riches of the Father, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Spiritual strength inwardly. Praise similarly for the Colossians, that you in Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, you being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that you may have great endurance and patience with joy. Endurance, patience, and joy, they have a physical manifestation, but they're spiritual realities. Again, in Ephesians chapter 6, the the warfare passage, verse 12, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not a natural struggle. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our spiritual strength is subject to decay. It needs to be renewed every day and multiple times in the day. The strength of our faith weakens. The strength of our courage diminishes. We need strength for that most spiritual spiritual of all activities, prayer. We need strength for that. We're constantly needing renewed strength to pray. We've got strength to go on Facebook or Instagram or social media. Um, we can go on that for hours, but two minutes of prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer in the morning. What a weariness that can be sometimes to pray or to read the Bible. Um, you can get strength for all sorts of other things, but it seems like spiritual reality is so weak. We need strength to see spiritual realities and to enjoy them and delight in them. Our weakness is this, that it's the visible things, the temporal things, the things that will only last for a short time. They crowd out our vision, our perception of the invisible things that will last for eternity. You see temporal things with the eyes on your head. Paul says, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened that you may see eternal spiritual things. We need spiritual strength to grow spiritual fruit. Spiritual strength to grow love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And without the renewal of the Holy Spirit, our love is weak. Our joy faints. Our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our gentleness, they weary. And our self-control gives way. We need to be renewed. Our reset position, our default position, spiritually speaking, is weakness. And so we need to constantly increase our strength. We go to sleep spiritually strong sometimes, 
but we always awaken spiritually weak. And for many, the battle starts the moment that alarm goes off. Uh, John Piper, very graphically and very famously once said, when I wake up, Satan sits in my face. And he says, if I didn't quote scripture, I'd be lost. I mean, that's really quite a confession, but it's very vivid, isn't it? And as Christians, we're characterized by people who have multiple weaknesses. And so we need to wait upon the Lord to renew our strength. That was the reason why I read from Hebrews about Jesus, our great high priest. It's because he experienced many and great weaknesses in his temptation that he is able to help us in all and any of our spiritual weakness. He can sympathize with us as we cry out for strength because he too learned what it means to be weak and to wait upon the Lord that his strength might be renewed. It says of him, in the days of his life on earth, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And it's because of him, Jesus, that we can draw near to the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I want to think for just a short while now about that word renew. Um, what does it mean? It's another picture word. There are lots of picture words in, in, in the Bible. And this picture, we're meant to envision green shoots. That's how often it's used. So, your grass, end of winter, brown thatch, moss, is there a lawn there, weeds? Spring comes, weed and feed goes down, and suddenly green shoots appear, going through the ancestors that have died before them. The lawn is renewed, you might say. Um, We have a shrub in our garden, which I don't understand it, but... A lot of the branches die back on the tip, just the tips. And, you know, as you look at it, you think, well, is that branch alive or dead? Because the end of it's dead. And only when spring comes and that dead-looking dry branch produces green shoots, we know its strength has been renewed. Imagine if you were the branch, okay? You're dead. There's evidences of death in in, in you, okay? What would you say? What would the branch say? I'm feeling very sticky today. Do you know, I put that in, I took it out, I put that in, I took it out, and I lost. I put it back in again. <laughs> I'm very sticky. The branch, never mind, okay. I forgot to explain it, then you don't get it. Um, I'm worn out. I'm no use for anything. It looks like I'm half dead. Um, I just haven't got the energy. Okay? And then... The Lord says, wait upon me, and then spring comes, and you see green shoots of life appearing. You get another picture of us in this, in Isaiah chapter 11. This reality of renewal is applied to God's people. The people and the land is likened to a devastated forest. All you look around is just devastation. Once green trees, beautiful trees, flowering and fruitful trees, and now all that's left is a stump in the ground. It's been devastated. The beauty is gone and the fruitfulness and usefulness is gone. Dead. 
And into that scene of judgment comes the promise of renewal in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots shall bear fruit. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength, though you're as dead as a stump. You will be renewed. Renewed like green shoots coming through and fruit produced. Are you feeling that, like that, that, that dead stump? No branches, no leaves, no fruit in your spiritual life. Dry and ugly, in danger of being burnt, fit only for the compost heap. The Lord is saying, wait upon me. And you will see that dead branch, that stump, producing shoots of spiritual life. If you're listening to him with faith just now, he's renewing you just now. He's actually giving you spiritual life just now, even as you wait for him. And this too is true, you know, of even for those who wouldn't know if they could admit that they are Christians yet. They're not sure, and therefore they're probably not. You may have a spirituality, but it's not Jesus-centered. You have little life and love for Jesus. He's really not in your thoughts much at all. He means not a great deal to you. Even if you're in that situation, dead spiritually speaking, here is the invitation. Listen to his promises. He says, bring your sins to me and I'll forgive them because I died to take them away. Bring your shame to me and I will cover it because I was shamed in my death so that I might cover yours. Bring your weaknesses and your weariness and your burdens to me and I will give you rest. He's saying, believe in me. And I will give you everlasting life. Let's pray. We know that your power is such that you can speak. We can't number the stars, but you can speak to each one of them and none of them go missing. You, your power is such that you know the number of every grain of sand in the world. The multitude of leaves that fall down, not one of them falls without you knowing it. Every reality of all the lives represented here, everything, past and present, even the future, is known to you. Great is your power. You took Jesus from the tomb that deep and almost eternal death and by your power and by your word you brought him to life and that's the power that's available for us we, we know that help us to believe it resurrection power power to start over again from this day forward to be more 
friendly with Jesus, to admire his glory, to to follow him loyally, and to be like him. Will you do that, Lord, for us? May we soar like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.